Alright, welcome back to another episode of It's Okay to Feel. I'm your host, Craig, and with me as always, Steve. <laughs> the the uh, ever-ready bunnies. Both of us ready to go whenever you are. Um, t- we got a couple of things we want to highlight this week before we get into our main topic. Um, you want to touch on the walk? Sure, the first one is the walk. It's going to be November 19th at Angel Stadium. And it's very easy to get involved. Obviously, one way to get involved is to show up on the 19th. I think the activities start at 8 o'clock, but if if this walk is like most walks, there will be people there by 6 in the morning. But parking is free, and we'd love to have you. Uh, Most importantly, we'd love to get you signed up for a team or to become a team captain, both of which are easy, and or to make a donation along the way. But it's always nice uh, to get back together again in a very large group. I think last year we had, I'm not sure, more than a thousand walkers. It was our first walk in nearly three years. And so this will be our second uh, since, obviously, since last year. We've been doing the walks for, I don't know, 20 or 30 years. And we used to have them in Angel Stadium. And I mean, I'm sorry, we used to have them in Huntington Beach Pier and other places like that, and people were forever asking, well, how do I get there? And it didn't seem to be, didn't seem to matter where the walk was. People wanted directions. Well, Angel Stadium is the one place in the county where no one needs directions, so we're happy to be there again, and we hope that you're there with us. Yeah, and we'll put uh, the links for more information and where to sign up into the show notes, so if you're um, trying to find those, you can look in the show notes and we'll get you connected. Um, you know, this kind of goes in with our main topic, um, cause we're going to talk about connection again, kind of wrap up, uh, the things that we've been talking about over the past year now. Um, and the walk's a great way to, to start making those connections with people that you probably wouldn't meet in the street, but they're also people that are struggling or going through or have been through the same type of situations that we all have. Um, it's a great way to bring the community together and know that there's more people out there than just you. Uh, yes, also, in, I also in, in, I'm sorry, in the recently released book by Dr. Ken Duckworth, You Are Not Alone, and uh, an awful lot of what NAMI does is to try to let people know that you're not alone with this, whether you be a peer or a family member. And if you get connected with NAMI, one of the things you find out very quickly is that you are not alone. And I want to highlight another one of our programs um, that definitely goes along with this. It's our Peer Connector program. Um, I don't know how long this program's been going on, but I've been a part of it for almost two years now. Um, and it's an over-the-phone program. You can sign up um, through the website. And basically, it's uh, you get a peer mentor um, that you meet with for an hour a week for about 12 weeks. Um, and you get mentorship, advice, somebody to talk to. Um, you know, I, I, I enjoy the heck out of it cause I get to meet people that I've never met before and we get to talk about their struggles and, um, their mental health conditions and we get to talk about self care and how to take care of themselves better. And I get to become a friend, you know, and a mentor to, to this, somebody that really needs it. Um, and that's another no cost, uh, program through NAMI. Um, so if you're looking for an extra person to talk to or 
somebody that you need mentoring, the Peer Connect is a great way to connect with somebody without even having to leave your house. And in the days of COVID, not having to leave your house, I guess, is a plus. In some ways, a plus, in other ways, not so much. But uh, this is a program that was developed during COVID when where you met was an issue. So the program, we were able to offer the program and people were able to benefit from the program even during COVID. Yeah, it's a great program. It's a great program, especially if you don't want to go out to a meeting or anything. You know, over the phone's a lot easier. Um, and I don't find it any less impactful because it's over the phone. I feel like it's, we, st- we get a great bond and relationship over the 12 weeks that we talk. Um, but with that, we're going to go into our main topic. Steve um, has an article that came out that kind of brings together this whole uh, idea of connection that we've been talking about for the past couple episodes now. Well, and one of the things, and I'm not sure if I've said this before or not, but the CDC recently list, listed or released some statistics on clinicians. And, and I think I probably have shared with you that even before COVID, we did not have enough clinicians to meet the need. Uh, it wasn't unusual for people to have to wait three weeks or a month before they could get in and see a therapist. Psychiatrists who are also clinicians, with among the psychiatrists, the problem was even worse. I can remember a doctor telling me here in Orange County, California, that if somebody called and it was an emergency, he could see them within two or three days but he wouldn't be able to see him again for two or three months. So for somebody who is urgently in need of care, two or three months is like forever. So at any rate, the CDC released this information that in the United States, for every 10 clinicians that's newly licensed and ready to go out into the field, 13 of the 13 clinicians leave practice. So we were short before, and we're going to be even shorter yet. So you probably have all picked up, if I hadn't said it directly, that I think community and family and friends are an important part of creating a healthy climate for mental health. And you don't need to be a clinician to do that. Um, and we've, we've talked about that at length. You know, one of the stories that I think we spent three or four weeks on was Craig and me hiking the John Muir Trail. And of course, if you think back about what we were talking about, it didn't really have anything to do with hiking the John Muir Trail. It had to do with connecting with my grandson, and and it certainly achieved that. Um, and so, which is a grandson that struggled for many years with addiction and depression and anxiety. So, but and and I I wouldn't want to say that 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 connecting had everything to do with Craig's sober, the sober life that he leads now, I think it played a role, perhaps a small role, but a role nevertheless, and a role that that I as a family member could fulfill. And so then, I'm as, as many of you do, I get, it seems like a ton of emails every week with articles that come out on one thing or another. And the one that came out, I believe it was last week, was written by Dr. Ken Duckworth, Tim, Tim Ken Duckworth, is the medical director for NAMI at the national level. And he's been in that role for, I think, more than 10 years. But in this particular article, he he wrote about, and he didn't he didn't write the article alone. He, he had a, 
somebody from the Suicide Prevention Foundation who assisted him. I believe her name was Dr. Modier. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing it, but I want to give credit where credit is due. And they talked briefly about the value and the importance of connection. And, and obviously that can start between a clinician and the person that's struggling or suffering, but it also can be created by anyone else who cares about this particular person, a family member, a friend, uh, almost anyone. Um, but it, it takes time to correct and connect. Um, I think the first most important thing is for the person that you're trying to help to know that you're there for them. And it's not as though you can solve all of their problems because you can't, but you can certainly make them feel that there's somebody else on the face of the planet that genuinely cares about them and uh, their steps leading toward mental wellness. Yeah, and as you're saying that, um, you know, recently I got some amazing news about... um, my school and graduation. Um, I feel like, you know, a lot of our conversation and a lot of the conversation out there is about those early stages of connection, you know, about, oh, I'm struggling, I need to connect with somebody to get better. Um, And after getting this news, and of course, I'm overwhelmed with pride in how, how well I've done and how well I've come, you know, how far I've come. But it made me realize how important that connection still is, even five years out from, you know, being in a hospital or being in a rehab. Um, You know, because I still have the same, you know, it's still, I still have the same brain. I still have the same, you know, negative thought patterns or, um, you know, depression or lack of connecting with um, success. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, the day I got the news, I think I called about 20 people to tell them about it, you know, and I was over the moon about how excited I was. And it kind of brought it, you know, brought it to the front of my mind how important those connections still are, even, you know, four years down the line, you know. And, and, you know, success for myself sometimes isn't enough. You know, but when I get to share that success with other people, that's when it becomes enough. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Uh, you know, um, and I don't, I don't know if I would have looked at it as that closely, unless you know this kind of happened and I was able to enjoy the moment with other people. You know, but it's not, it's not like a, it's not like a, a st- uh, I do this and then it's, I get help better and then you know, the communication or the connection doesn't really matter anymore. It's, it's amazing how big you can grow the connections and how important those connections become in your life. I mean, those connections are pretty much everything to me. Yeah. And I want to be clear if we haven't been already, connection is much more important than just the way for somebody with a mental illness to move toward mental wellness. It's a way for all of us, whether we have a mental illness diagnosis or not, it's a way for all of us to move toward mental health. I think you take somebody that's isolated and not connected with other people, and you're going to find somebody that's struggling. And I think that's just the way it worked. You know, we, we human beings are social animals, 
And so it's important for each of us to remain connected to others like us uh, in order for our well-being to, to be there. Um, so it's not a term just reserved for the conversation around mental illness. It's for everyone. And I think, at least the suicide rates point out, that it's old white men that have the most difficulty. That's the highest rate of suicide in any decade of life is old white men over 60. We don't do a very good job of remaining connected. So if I think if you're searching, questing for mental wellness, I think connection is one of the things you have to consider. So what one way, and I, it feels like we're kind of trying to sell NAMI at this point, but that's all right. I it's, it's an organization that I'm happy to sell. One way of remaining or gaining connectedness is to be on a walk team. Do something together with somebody else. And a walk team, unlike the John Muir Trail, in a walk, walk team happens in a por portion of the morning on a Saturday morning in late November. You know, it doesn't have to be uh, 18 days in the wilderness. You know, it can start with breakfast. It can start with coffee. There's a man that I meet I'd like to meet with him weekly, but it probably averages out to about every other week. But uh, he and I sit down for coffee and bagels a couple times a month, and it's, it's very healthy for me to do that. There's another friend that I have that he and I meet hopefully a couple times a week, but to go for a hike in Laguna Canyon. Uh, they're not easy hikes, but they're I always feel much better. And in fact, uh, interestingly enough, we had a NAMI class, a NAMI family to family class. And after one of the classes, we said, uh, say, would any of you like to go on a hike down in Laguna Beach on a Saturday morning? And uh, some people responded yes. And of course, others said no. And one lady said, uh, is this something I could bring a picnic lunch on? And I and I responded, I said, no, this is really a hike. This is not a picnic. And, uh, and, and, and sub subsequently, and this goes back more than a year, there's been between two and maybe 10 of us that do this hike on a Saturday morning, and it's about five miles, and it's, it, we keep a brisk pace. Uh, and we talk about anything possible, but we get connected. The other NAMI event is, and we didn't do it for the last two years because of COVID, but uh, we send peers out into the woods to do a wilderness camp. Um, and and it's, it's interesting. The only rule is that they can't talk about therapy. They're just going to have a good time and be around other people, many of whom know each other, but not always. Some of them are very new to the to the scene. But again, it's finding connection. And I don't think we can underestimate the value of finding connection. I think it makes us all better. Yeah. And the way I've done it, um, which has been always been very important to me in my life is through video games. Um, I have friends that I've been friends with for three years now, and we talk every single day while we play video games and we're all over the country. Um, and I, you know, I, I told one of them the other day, I wouldn't be sober today if it wasn't for you, you know, because it, it's somebody there that I'm able to share 
you know, my moments in my life with, you know, on a daily basis. And we're doing it through a hobby that we both enjoy. And that's how we met. You know, it's not like we lived next to each other when high school together. He was, he was in Chicago. I was in California. And one day we turned the mics on and joined the same party. And, you know, that was three years ago. And a year ago, I went over to Chicago to visit him. And, you know, I plan on having him a part of my life for a long time. So, you know, it's part of the letting yourself find that connection too. You know, I could have never turned on my headset or invited people to the party and I probably would have never met people through gaming, you know, and it would have been more of a escape than a, you know, a good thing that I do nowadays. But that decision to turn on the mic and, and let people in and then continue to play with those people and then slowly over time share my life and they just share their lives. And now we have, you know, these amazing friendships. But it's about connection. But it's about the connection. So that's kind of summary of where we've been over the last year, year and a half. And we might not have always called it connection, but an awful lot of the road to mental health is is uh, paved with connection. So seek it out. Find it. Um, you'll be better off for it. And then look into the show notes for um, information about the walk. And I'll put down there some information about the Peer Connector program. But you can always go on our website, namioc.org, um, to find out about all our programs. We have another podcast that you guys can look for. It's for uh, the teenage and young adult um, uh, demographic. But yeah. it's, they have some great things going on there, too. So if you're looking for another podcast about mental health, you can look for them. Um, but with that, I think we're going to end it for the week. Great. Always, always nice to reconnect with you folks because we both know how important connections are. Yes, we do. All right, thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you.